Hello everybody and welcome to Brunvagoon, you will not get there on a road bike. Why the big pose? Oh, just kidding, stupid things. Hi Clayton, how are you doing? How are you doing people? I'm recording today is Eastern Monday, not that I am religious at all. I can tell you that I'm not at all religious, sorry for that to all the religious people out there, but this is not a religious thing, my only religion. Unfortunately, actually I have not only one religion. I have many religions. By the way, I'm just gonna name one, and it's beer. And everything else is coming on the side. But I'm not talking about Eastern here, and I want to hurt anybody out there. I want to talk about bicycle, as usual, and I want to talk about... a tiny bit, a tiny bit about gravel. That's why you will not get there on a road bike. But let's start slowly, slowly, slowly. From the beginning, hello at calamaro.cc. That's my email. Probably that's why also I'm saying hello everybody every time. Probably I need to build another email that is hello everybody at calamaro.cc. Yeah, probably yes. Hello at calamaro.cc. That's my email. And then instagram.com slash calamaro.cc or just look for the handle calamaro.cc on the Instagram, on Twitter, I'm Reed Calamaro and I'm not writing so much anymore. And on Facebook, I'm Calamaro CC as well. I've never been a huge fan of Facebook. This podcast is hosted on Spreaker. So on Spreaker.com, you go there and you look from Broomwegen. And if you are in any English speaking country in the last week, and you were typing actually on your computer or on your application or whatever, Spreaker, or if you had Spreaker application on your phone, you would have seen that I was featured by the crew of Spreaker. So, Broomwagon was featured on by Spreaker, and then I'm proud of it, and I'm super honored about that. So, thanks to uh, the Spreaker crew that choose my podcast to be on their homepage, and thanks to all of you who listens, comments, and send me a message and continue supporting me on this adventure. Support that it's only with your listens, with your plays, with your feedback, and with your shares. So don't forget to share this episode with all the people out there. If you like that episode, just put it out. Instagram, Instagram stories, Twitter, direct email, SMS, or just record it, so download it and send it to somebody else because this episode is also downloadable. And just, you can find it everywhere, right? It's on Spreaker, as I said, and then it's on Apple Podcasts, in Google Podcasts, on Spotify, our favorite music platform. I remember that the first time I was listening and using Spotify, it was in 2009 when I was living in Spain and it was a revolution. Then I had to make some tricks here and there to have it in Italy and when it jumped in Italy, I think, wait a second, I'm probably mistaken. Yeah, it was 2009, I think, back in Spain and then I tricked for a couple of years and then in 2012 it arrived in Italy and I started listening to it and now I'm I think I have the subscriptions in ages, but I'm not here to talk about Spotify. Even if at a certain point I would love you people to tell me which one is your favorite playlist while you are riding the bicycle or training on the indoor trainer. We are gonna make an episode probably about that. I want just to tell you that take the episode from wherever you want and send it to your friends wherever you want. 
and that's an amazing thing that you can do for me. Well, uh, before to jump completely into this episode, I'm going to tell you a couple of words before, because I want to talk about an event that I really like a lot, and that is going to happen in the middle of May, really center of May, and I can probably tell you a bit more about that, so something a bit more precise, that is the 17th, 18th, and 19th of May, in Mantua, and the name of this event is BAM! How much I like this name, BAM! BAM stays for, um, wait a second because I never remember this thing, Bicycle Adventure Meeting. So it's a three-day festival that happens in Mantua, and you will find there, obviously, a lot of rides with a lot of amazing people, a lot of party, a lot of concert, a lot of mechanical workshop, a lot of content workshop, a lot of cool things. So, yeah, you can just... I suggest you to go there because I actually know the organizer, Andrea. Hi, Andrea, how are you doing? We were in contact and whatever is inviting me all the time, but that weekend I cannot be there because I have all my family here in Zurich, so I cannot move. I will actually try to go out with a bicycle early in the morning because I need to earn some... Um, fitness before the holy week that's another story so i cannot go there but i really recommend you to go there because it's going to be an amazing weekend of all this event and you can camp there so it's going to be really a full weekend of bicycle in the nature just go on bameurope.et so bameurope.et and have a look to the program because it's really amazing and this is a tip that I would love to give you all their people with my heart in my hands because I believe that everybody needs a bit more of this community event not only rides but also stay together, drink, party and listen to some amazing music and everybody is gonna be more happy, happier, happier for that another thing that I want to say, I want to just probably I'm gonna straight away first introduce to the episode that is gonna come and then at the end I want to tell you how much stupid I am. So if you want to know how much stupid I am, well just wait till the end of the episode and in the wrap you're gonna listen to that. For now I just want to tell you that I interviewed one of my favorite writers probably ever because when actually it was for a sad thing, everybody of you really remember the accident where this guy and as well as Juan Antonio Flecha uh, were involved in, a ta in one stage of the Tour de France. Now, don't tell me, don't ask me which one was the year. Wait, let me remember. It must have been 2013. I think let's check let's check together but I believe that everybody of you has in his mind this image of the car of the Tour de France that actually it's three riders while they were in a breakaway do you remember that in a top in a stage of the Tour de France? I think you all remember it. I just want to tell you which one was the year. I think it was 2013, but I'm not completely sure. Um, okay, 2013 was another 
a huge accident, yes, but it was 2000 and... Uh, uh, still, uh, okay, 2011. 2011. Well, I got the pleasure of interviewing him. I didn't talk about this event because we don't care of that. It was actually... He was way more than that ride. It was hit by a car in the Tour de France. He was a huge champion, a lot of combativity on this guy and a lot of talent. He was really in the top 10 in many of the, uh, of the monuments out there. And as well as that champion in front of Dumoulin, you are gonna know more. So I'm talking about Johnny Ogerland, that happened to be a great cyclist, as well as one of the cyclists inside of the 3T crew. So listen to that, and hopefully you will understand, no, you will understand without hopefully, you will understand that I got a bit of problems, technical problems in the interview. So this is a Skype call, and you, you will recognize it straight away. So yeah. Talk to you later, and then you will know why I'm stupid. Ciao! Hi, everybody. And it sounds like a lot of uh, technical problems are really following me in this period, but that's what it happens when uh, you are interviewing people that are not close by. But today, I don't care about how many technical problems we got because I'm super happy to have here with me an amazing guest, and I'm talking about Johnny Ogerland. How Johnny? Hi, Johnny. How are you doing? I'm okay. Thank you for inviting me. It's really, really a great pleasure. We have a lot of things in common. Let's say one thing in common that probably we are riding the same bicycle. And apart from this, nothing. Because your feet and your story and your cycling story and whatever is way beyond my own possibilities. But I'm super happy because I was watching you on TV when I was younger. So even if you're younger than me, probably. Uh, but so that's why I'm super excited and uh, of having you on my microphone today. How are you doing? I'm okay, but I'm not that fit anymore eh? because we moved one and a half year ago to Austria. Mm -hmm. Because we bought a little hotel. Yes. And we had we had a lot of work, so I didn't ride my bike that much anymore. But the last weeks I'm trying to to write a little bit more, so I'm improving again. Come on, tell me how many kilometers have you done last year? Last year, I think last year I did maybe 5,000 kilometers. Well, come on, it's not bad. Okay, from somebody that was used to do something like 40,000 every year, yeah. I can understand. 35 I did, so that's... <laughs> Way less. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, one seventh. Yeah, it's a lot less. <laughs> but anyways, and actually, you before you were living in the Netherlands, right, in Holland. Yes, true. So from Netherlands to Austria, you found a lot of mountains more where to train. So. Yeah, yes, but we live actually in south, mm -hmm. in, in, not not far from the Italian border. I okay. Think about thirty five k from the Italian border, thirty k from the Slovenian border. And we have, of course, we have a lot of mountains, but we have also the lakes. So when I don't want to go in the mountains, I don't need to, because I can also make a nice loop around the lake. Yeah, the loop around the lakes is the same thing that actually you can do as well here in Zurich. So Zurich is really inside of a valley. So wherever you want to go out, you find some climbs to do and some mountains to, to handle. But the only way to do some flat kilometers are the, uh, the loop around the lake. I think everywhere in the world is the same. Yes, but here the loops around the lake are actually 
good because it's also quiet. Ah. And in Zurich, I know it's not so quiet. Oh, or you ride on the bicycle path, then it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the usually the the road here around the lake it's it's pretty busy with cars. It's a bit of pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So John, that's everywhere the same. Ah, I can feel it. I can feel it. I don't know. Yes, for sure. I believe so. Roads are always a mess. Apart if you're living in the countryside, but yeah. Well, Johnny, I just want to ask you a question straight away. But so your name usually is Johnny or everybody calls you Johnny and your real name is John. How does it work? Yes, actually, I also don't know how it works. But when I was a teenager, I changed actually my name by myself to Johnny. Okay. And yeah, a lot of people, say, because my father still calls me John. My grandfather still calls me John, mm -hmm. but the other people all call me Johnny. Okay. So, yeah. So but actually, my real name is Thomas. <laughs> Wait a second. Your real name, so your real name is Thomas, and John my, is your second name, or? No, it's the, when you get, when you, yeah, when you get, when you get birth in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. we were religious, so then you get, uh, the three names of your grandfather and everything. So my my totally name is Thomas Jan Jacob. That's on my passport. But yeah, my 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 name how they call me is John. Perfect. Okay. Or Johnny. Johnny. So better. You can call me. You can call me Thomas, John, or Johnny. It's all the same. I'm gonna call you Johnny if you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's better, right? <laughs> Wow, that's yeah, that's something really cool. So Thomas, um, also known as Johnny, we will call you Johnny. Perfect. Yes, because I had a few funny moments in my life that I was somewhere and that they asked for my passport mm -hmm. in hotels, and then they say, hey, "Are you the brother of uh, Johnny Hubland?" <laughs> because you know, they saw my passport, Thomas, and then they saw me, and then they maybe. I looked like Johnny, of course. So they asked me, are you his brother? And then I say, yes, I'm his brother. <laughs> yeah, you don't but want I, to know anything I, I else. Don't, I don't have any brother, so. <laughs> okay, okay. So your surname is Ugerland? Yes. Okay, so I made a mistake from the beginning on. Perfect, okay. I usually cover myself in ridiculous by misspelling completely this name or surname of people, but yeah, it makes sense. Well, I would say, Johnny, probably you can... I think that everybody knows you around, or everybody that listens to me does it, but I probably can understand if somebody doesn't know you. So can you just give us a small introduction about yourself? Yes, I can do this. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm originally from the Netherlands. Uh, I lived in the south, in the southwest of the Netherlands, close to the Belgian border. Uh, I was 10 years pro. In that time, I did all the big races, uh, Three times two, two times zero, two times Vuelta, all the classics. I actually did all the classics, the best 25. So that was was actually wow good. Wow. But all different. I also was, then most people don't know that, but I was also 25th in uh, Roubaix. Mm -hmm. fifth, but also fifth in Lombardia, seventh in 17th in San Sebastian. And, 12th in the Amstel, so I was actually pretty all round, so I could do, do all the classics. Mm -hmm. And I ended my career at the end of 2016. In 2013, I was also Dutch champion. And after my career, 
we stayed one year longer in the Netherlands because we had already the plan to move to Austria and arrange everything. And at the beginning of 2018, we moved to, to here. Cool. With my wife and two children. Here you mean in Austria, south of Austria, as you were mentioning before. Yes, in in Carinthia we live and yeah, it's in the south. Yes, yes. Uh, the, just... sunny, the, sunny, the sunny part of Austria. Yeah, so exactly. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that sounds really Southern European is there, right? You are crossing, as you were saying, you are at the border with Slovenia, really close to Italy, close to the mountains. Yes, it is. Actually, they have the South European style of living. Mm -hmm. uh, I just the, want... only, the only advantage is that I love Italy, but luckily the Austrian people are not so crazy in the traffic than the Italians. So ah. that's what I love more. Exactly. So you can go with the bicycle without having so much, let's say, troubles around. Now, other people are really respectful for cyclists. Uh, I also have to say the police is very strict here. So if you if you have an accident with the cyclists, you have a big problem when you drive a car. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's I never when I was a few weeks ago in Bergamo, and it's beautiful there. Yes. But in the traffic, I was together there also with Frank Slack, mm -hmm. and a few times we looked to each other and say, wow, I'm luckily I wasn't a pro here because it was, you have, you had to watch out all the time. And that is not here, luckily. Yes, but uh, yeah, just maybe take on this thing. When you were a pro, when you were actually uh, training for the all year round, I can understand that most of the year was dedicated to racing. But still, the training times, were you doing those back to Netherlands or you were going in south of Spain or...? I lived uh, every winter for about 10 weeks in uh, Spain. In Girona? No, uh, close to Alicante. Ah, okay. Yeah, amazing there. So yeah, I can understand that actually there to strengthen your skills and stuff, there is perfect. And there are not so many cars as well, right? No, but I had a horrible accident in Spain. I, and I was like 15 days in the hospital. So I read about that. Yes, it's so that was not so nice, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because also there, people usually are not so. You actually, uh, the man who who drove into me. It was. I was, of course, I was disappointed, but mm. I was not angry because I was riding on the street and. Because of the sun, he didn't see me, Oosh. and then he went left, but he wasn't driving fast, so he just went left, didn't see me, and I came from the hill, I was driving 60, 65, and then mm. I couldn't even brake anymore, so with 60, I drove into the car, so yes. that was not so good. Yes, 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 but yeah, you're no consequences on that, you are, you are better, you're okay with that. Yes, but I was... <laughs> My wife was 100 meters behind me ah. because I was doing the, the motor pacing that day. Okay. So she saw everything happening. Yeah, I was in shock because I broke my back on five places. I broke five ribs. Oof. One rib ran through my lung. My kidney was uh, was uh, damaged. So I was 10 weeks out. So it was, was not a good start of the season. Yes, you crashed completely your season. So, yeah, in that year, I I don't know how I did it, but this happened the 3rd of February and the end of 
uh, April, mm-hmm. I did my first race again, and in June I went Dutch champion with second Dumoulin. So it was not so bad. Actually. Well, I would say no. We can, <laughs> yes, we can talk to Tom about that. Yes, <laughs> great. Um, you were the, you were saying at the beginning that um, you can consider and everybody can consider yourself an all-rounded uh, cyclist. So something like somebody who could feel himself comfortable in many terrains, if not if for most of the terrains. But actually, everybody knows you, remembers you as really a motivated rider that really likes to be in breakaways and really all the time taking some wind in his face or really motivated on this in this way. But there is an episode that you like the most and remember the most with a smile in your face thinking about your pro career. Yeah, I had a few good, very good races. I was thinking about this. My best race I did, I think, was the 2012 Tirreno Adriatico. Mm-hmm. I had in 2011, I had the accident in the tour. Yes. And I was very motivated in the winter to to come even back stronger, that the, that not all the people recognized me of the crash. And then I had a very good winter. And in the Tirreno, I felt so strong. I was uh, one time sixth on a steep uh, arrival where Sagan won. So, yeah, it was, was a long stage, also 250k, I think. Mm-hmm. Incredible long stage. We passed also Aquila in that stage. I'd never forget it anymore because the buildings were still destroyed there. Yeah, they're still and destroyed, then, I believe. And then uh, the stage after was the mountain stage. We ended up at Prato di Tivo. Mm-hmm. And then I went fourth or fifth with all the climbers. So in that, I ended in the end fifth overall, I think, was one of my best races ever. And yeah, I loved it. Yeah, great. So 2012 Tirreno Adriatico is your best memory probably in cycling. Yeah, and I think 2009 uh, Lombardia. I was fifth, was also, yeah, I attacked there on the Gisalo. Mm-hmm. I came on the top first, and yeah, that's actually cool to be first on the Gisalo. So these two races I love the most, yes. Yes, I can say that actually uh, Lombardia is one of my favorite races to watch them, obviously. It's one of my favorite races as well, because it comes really in my favorite season, that is fall. And uh, yeah, the, just the parkour is amazing, really great. Yes, that is it. Yes, um, but how do you, did you feel at the time when you were a pro and how do you feel right now in the uphills, in the mountains? Is it something that you like actually to ride uphill or is something that you just, you know, uh, take the pain and continue with that, hoping that it lasts not for so much time so that it finishes really soon? Yes, I loved it and I actually still love it, but last year with the less training I did, I gained a little bit weight. And now uphill is not that easy anymore, so I need to lose some weight and then I love it again. But at the moment today I did a hill, not even such a big hill, and I was suffering and I was telling to myself I need to lose weight because this is no fun. Yeah. It's fun, but you need to be in a very good shape. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same thing that I do to motivate. In order to motivate myself to lose weight or whatever, I put myself on the bicycle on top of a climb. 
and then after let's say 15 minutes suffering you really are you are really motivated to lose some weight yeah Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, you were saying that after your pro career, maybe we can continue on that. You moved actually, open your activity, open something like um, running this small hotel, this guest house in Austria. You already tackled this topic, saying that you wanted to move in a place that where it's sunny and where there are mountains close by and where people are cool and relaxed. But there is any other season where you moved to Austria? Yeah, also because my wife loved Austria a lot, and yeah, my in my brokery, it was always Johnny. Because when I say I need to rest, I rest, and I was very egoistic, of course, and selfish. I mean, selfish. Mm-hmm. I was a was very selfish, to, of course, as a pro cyclist. And then she loved Austria. She loved the different seasons. She loves ice skating. And I actually love Austria also, and because we are in the south, close to Italy, close to Slovenia, a lot of possibilities for the children also. Yeah. And then we just looked for a good place to buy something, and that's where that we found that here. And how does it work actually with your activity? Is also bicycle anyway involved it? So something like you provide <laughs> to people some bicycle to rent, and yeah, they can one go of around. My, my one of the important things for me was that you can ride your bike yes. safely, that it's nice. And I didn't want to go to a place what was already very famous because of cycling. Because I like to start something new. And yeah, that's also where I, why I came here because it's super beautiful, but it's not really well known. So I have the possibility to build something up here. Cool. Then, actually, I need to ask you a question about yourself and bicycles. How many bicycles do you have, Johnny? Now I have a lot because uh, I received a few bicycles of the Drag T. Okay. And I still have my last bicycle when I was a pro cyclist. I have another motorbike. So, at the moment, I have six bicycles. What? Come on. Wow. But is this one a kind of a tradition that usually you keep your last bicycle where when you were a pro or is something that just... Because I heard it from you and from Peter Velitz as well. Okay, Thomas de Gant is still riding... Uh, sorry, Lawrence Temdam is still riding the bicycle. So, But yeah, so it's something like a kind of a tradition. Keep the bicycle that's last seeing you as a pro cyclist. Yes, maybe the sponsor like to have me still on that bike, so that's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking about, okay, everything started, maybe to give to everybody a bit more of background, zooming out on the situation. I actually wanted to interview you, obviously, because of your legacy and your history in cycling and whatever, and also because I've seen that you are also now part of the 3T crew. And actually, I think that we share a lot of the ideals behind it. So something like, I really like, for example, 3T because there people are completely nice. And something like, um, a sentence that I heard from René was, we are not looking for selling bicycles to customers or for customers that want to buy a bike. They, we are working for customers that wants to ride a bike. So this is something that really is in common with me. So which one was your first approach with 3T? And uh, yeah, how do you feel actually being part of this crew? 
Yeah, a friend of me from the Netherlands uh, introduced me to dry tea. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I was in, in Bergamo in the big, uh, uh, in the big, how do you, the fabric of uh, yeah. dry tea. Yeah, and I just love their uh, their vision. What they they have, of course, the 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 the, the Explorer, the Strala, but the thought behind this, behind that, I love because the ten years I was pro and before I was amateur and junior, it was always focused on performance, faster, everywhere, every time, and now. When I when I ride my Explorer, I just go for a ride for a new adventure. I drive on the asphalt, and then at sometimes I think I go right. I have the gravel. It's just relaxed, and that's what I like to drink a beer, yeah. to eat a, a cake, and to 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 enjoy riding my bike. And that's also a little bit the philosophy of dry tea. Yes, yes, it's true. So you were mentioning that you are riding your Explorer. So you are doing some gravel activities and you are going a bit more for for gravel. Is it just an exclusive thing or are you also using something to go on the road? So one of your other bicycles or the 3T Strada? Actually, I only ride my Explorer at the moment. Okay. It's also because it's still a little bit tricky here in Austria. The weather is now super, super nice. But... In the night it's cold and when it's freezing they they, they throw the little stones on the asphalt ah, that, see. and with the explorer with the bigger tires you are also safer you have more comfort but if i go in a little downhill and there are some stones on the road i don't need to be afraid to crash and with your normal bicycle with the small tires is always more dangerous so that's all and i can perfectly ride on the asphalt because you can also have 28 29 average on the asphalt with your explorer when you have the good tires so yeah and i don't need to go 35 when i just do a nice loop it's for me completely eagle if i go 29 or 35 at the moment i just like to ride Yes, yes, yes. I can completely see the point. Which tires are you? Are you do you have on your on your Explorer at the moment? Something like how many millimeters? How fat are they? Yeah, it's uh, these are the, the slicks, the same slicks, and I don't know how how big they are, but it's the WTB, yeah. right? Excuse me. The the WTB is the brand, right? Yeah, BTC is the ah. uh, is the brand. Okay, okay, BTC. Okay, okay, okay. Good to know, yeah, because, yeah, anyways, the cool thing of the Explorer is that you can really put their 650Bs, right, uh, tires and uh, wheels, and anyways, you can go fast on the asphalt, and when you want to go a bit on the gravel side, you can really go on the gravel side without being so much annoyed on bumps or stuff. No, it's perfect, and also, of course, I know the routes here pretty good, but still, when I like to do some different roads, sometimes I end on the gravel road. Yeah, exactly. And then with this bike, you can just go on, and then somewhere, some, somehow you went again on the asphalt. So that's the good thing. So yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. So you seem super passionate about riding on the gravel side, but what do you like the most? 
of riding on the gravel. So you are doing it because it's actually a good way of exploring new roads and actually really the adventure side of cycling or is because you're enjoying the most something like the bike handling part of riding on uh, uh, difficult terrains, let's say something like small stones or big stones, something a bit more technical. Yeah, it's all a bit, all, uh, it's all a bit, a little bit true. I just like to go on the adventure, discover new roads, but sometimes I just like to go in the woods mm-hmm. where I hear only the birds. After a hard day of working, I just like to be somewhere where I don't hear anything, only the, the animals and. Yeah, then you go in the woods and you grab a bike, and yeah, I love it. Yeah, 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 that's exactly the same thing. The Explorer also for me, it's really the nice tool that gives gives me the possibility of exploring new routes without being scared or ending up on a single single track, for example. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really, really, really great. Before to go on some tips and some exploration stuff, I just wanted to ask you. Okay, you told me that actually your first crush in through the three T was uh, the um, uh, something like a friend of yours just introducing you to the the CEO of three T, and then you share the same kind of philosophy out of the bike but being part of the 3t crew in what does it consist something like you have a meetup together also with the other part of the crew and you're really exploring new parts of italy or new parts of the world with riding the bicycle what does it consist yeah we are with four two women from spain okay they live in spain one is russian one is uh, spanish and then uh, frank slack and i okay yeah we just want to show the people how amazing this bike is and yeah and we don't need to to show everybody our, our bike we just ride on it and we, we we share our rides and just show our passion yes yeah because that's what it is right that's what's bicycle for yeah it's not it's not it's it's about passion. Yes. It's not about performances anymore, fortunately. No, it's really about passion. Enjoying, loving, loving riding your bike and just discovering with friends, drinking a nice beer somewhere in the woods. Yeah, I love it. Cool, cool. Uh, I want also to ask you another tiny technical question. You are going with the single chain ring on the both of them, on the Explorer yes. and on the Strada, right? How do you feel? Because I have as well the, the 3T Strada in my commuter bike. is an old Peugeot Champagne, whatever. I also have the single one. And uh, soon I'm going to get as well a 3T Strada with uh, uh, the single one, so the Uno. And you are for sure a bit more, you have a bit more of experience. You have more experience than myself on riding the bicycle. How do you feel on this change from a double one to a single chain ring? Yeah, it's a big change, of course. And when you have the the, the, the right the, the right cassette on the back you can go everywhere up i i know i put the 44 and then in the back uh, 36 and with this i can go everywhere up normally cool yeah yeah that's the most important thing 44 or 36 on the back it's yeah, especially with the legs that you have, it's, I think, it's not complicated yeah, to everywhere. Yeah, at the moment, no, but <laughs> in, a, in, a few, 
in a few weeks again, yes. Perfect. And yeah, and I actually I don't like to to change my gear all the time and when you just have one chain ring, you don't need to think that much. Yeah, it's exactly the thing. It's less hassles. That's the point. It's just that you have less problems in order to think about, okay, I need to switch on the on the small gear and then I go to the big one. You just put one and then you start suffering uphill. And you can, yeah, you can also make some jo jokes to your friends when you go uphill mm -hmm. and they say it's heavy. You can say, I'm still on my big chain ring. That's true. <laughs> That's exactly the point. That's the spirit. That's really the spirit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, just what I wanted to ask you, yes, let's go on that side. So we talked about gravel, we talked about loops around, yeah, the place where you live, the south of it, the Carinthia place, and the Carinthia region, sorry. Uh, do you have something like a special loop that you like to do? Something like you were mentioning before, after a long day of hard work, you like to go out and be really something like to recover your mind and to fresh up your minds with a good ride. Which one is this good ride, this good look that you do usually? I have to be honest, I do a lot of loops. Mm -hmm. but I'm not riding that long here on my, on my, on my Explorer. Mm -hmm. So I'm still discovering new routes. There are so many routes here. So I don't really have one special loop. What I can say this is my loop. Today I went, there is a famous uh, bicycle path here, the Drau uh, bicycle path. Okay. It goes from totally in Italy uh, till, uh, till Maribor in Slovenia. Mm -hmm. And today I did, I think, 40k of this bicycle path. I loved it. But yeah, a few, a few days ago I went to a little church in the mountains on gravel. Yeah, I'm still discovering. No, that's great. That's great. This is really the spirit. I really like it. Something like, instead of having the classic loop that you know is your backyard loop or whatever, going out and let's decide to the weather or to the route or to the road or to your bicycle where to go. Yeah, last year I came here, of course, and then I, I did uh, a lot of rides on my, uh, on my normal bicycle. And then a few times I saw a church in the, in the mountains and I was also thinking I need to go here somewhere with my mountain bike. And I didn't have time for it last year, but now in my Explorer, I'm just, I just thought now I'm going to ride to this church. So this is what I did last week. And yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. pretty steep, but it was cool. Yeah, because everybody says that actually once that you have an expo the Explorer, you're not riding anything else. Because you can really swap it if you swap the wheels, for example from a road ride to kind of a single trail, single track ride, to a technique gravel, to a simple gravel, whatever. It's really a, a no-rounder. Yes, but I also like to ride my Strada when I want to go real fast. Mm. Then I take my Strada. Okay, okay. But do you have something like a special loop then that is not back down South Austria? but it's somewhere else in the world. Something that when you are there around, you usually do it. No, actually not. The loop I did a lot here last year was the loop uh, from here to Italy, Tarvisio. Okay. It's about 45k Tarvisio. And I drank an Italian uh, espresso. Obviously. And then I went from uh, Tarvisio to Kranska Gora. Mm -hmm. in Slovenia 
and then I went back on the over the Woodson Pass, so the pass to uh, between uh, Slovenia and Austria, and then I went back home. I had about 105, 110 k, and I did three countries. Not too much climbing. It is a beautiful route. I love it. Perfect. That's really perfect. Do you have something in something that you are planning for the next future for this year for this season? Something like special rides, special races, special Grand Fondo, special events. Yeah, the twenty first of uh, June, uh, I go with a few journalist friends mm -hmm. uh, who I know from uh, my past, from my pro career, and uh, a few uh, ex cyclists. We do always on the 20th June, the longest day of the year, we okay. do the longest ride of the year. Last year, we started in the north of Holland. Okay. Four o'clock in the night, we start on the 21st, and then we did the whole coastline of the Netherlands. And 11 o'clock, we ended in the south. We had 450k. Okay. So, this year, we're going to do the same. But then another route, but again on the 20th, 2nd of June, we do this crazy route. It's already the third time. So, yeah, actually we love it and we do it every year now. In Holland then? Yes, in Holland. Okay, cool. Which bicycle are you going to bring with you? Strada. Strada. You want to go fast? Uh, yes. Uh, no, actually no fast. But, yeah. I When we are, of course, when we are with, we, we make... Uh, we are with 14 guys and with 14 guys, you know, we are also playing, we are teasing each other, we are doing some sprints, some crazy things and yeah, when I do the sprint, I want to win, so I take my, <laughs> my struggle. Okay, 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 it seems like a plan. <laughs> Perfect. Um... Yeah, maybe you can tell us just to wrap up the interview. Where can we find you out there in the internet? And when can we follow you for this kind of event? Or when we can see, uh, for example, where your activity, your hotel is or stuff like this? Yes, you can. We have the internet, uh, the homepage, pensionhogeland.com. Uh, mm -hmm. You can also find it on my Facebook and on my uh, Instagram account. That's not so big, my Instagram account. Okay. I'm not that long on Instagram. But you can find it there. And yeah, of course, we welcome cyclists, uh, people who like to walk in the mountains. All people are welcome. And yeah, we can help them with nice routes, nice walks. So, yeah. And if I would come to visit you on your hotel, are you going to ride with me or you don't ride with the, with the visitors? Yes, when people want me to have their as their guide, okay. they can book me for one day or more days, whatever they want. Perfect. So this could be a plan, actually. I can come visit you and have a ride together. Or if you want to come here to Switzerland, I have a couple of nice routes outside. So. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Waiting for you here, then. <laughs> yeah, always good. I Perfect. love Switzerland, so... Have you been here? Yes, a few times. I did... Uh, a few races in Switzerland, Tour of Switzerland, mm -hmm. keeping in, and I think we passed there also a few times with uh, uh, the, the the Giro, I think. Yes, with the Giro, usually they're passing by here, and also I think that you participated here in Switzerland also to 
it was in Mendrisio to um, yes. a world championship, yes, true, right? True. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. My best was my be one of my best races also. Oh, what? what how was yeah. it? Yeah, I ended 14, but I was the whole day in the breakaway till the last lap. The last lap, they came with me, with all the the favorites, but I still ended in the group with. Uh, Frere, Basso, and the other guys. We 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 rode for the tenth place, I think. That's not so bad in the world championships. At all. It was the the year of Cadelevans, am I correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It was I a very heavy, heavy world championships also. Yeah, a lot of climbs, right? Yes. Very heavy. Yes. 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 Perfect, Johnny. It was really, really a great pleasure to talk with you. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I will talk to you soon and probably we're going to see each other soon and we can ride together. Yes, would be would, would be a favor. Great, it would be a great pleasure. Bye-bye, Johnny. Bye-bye. Yo, Johnny, it was really a great, great, great fun to have you on my microphone. It was, yeah, it was something really interesting also knowing a bit more about your career and knowing a bit more how you are having fun on a gravel bike, on the 3T Explorer, people really, the gravel bike is that thing. This morning we went out with Marcia, with my girlfriend, and it was really great fun. She came with her on kind of city bike, but you know, fat tires and really good for gravel, but at a certain point I want her to try my 3T Explorer and uh, she was super happy for, for riding it, I believe that. Finally, I got her, I hooked her for uh, some good riding, bicycle riding. And uh, yeah, probably are gonna ride, we're gonna ride together with some gravel exploration because it looks like she enjoyed a lot. Finally, I'm super happy, it's super happy. We can ride together. It's something that I will all, I always wanted to share with her. And now probably we can do it and stay together also for long hours that usually I do on my bicycle during the weekend. I actually promised you, uh, first of all, thanks to 3T for supporting this season, the gravel season of the Broomwagon. And talking about 3T, I just owe you a story. The story on how stupid I am. So, some weeks ago, you know that, it was new bike day for me. And I got my 3T Strada in the amazing red that it is. It's amazing. It's an amazing bike and they've ridden it for something like at the moment 300 kilometers not so much not so much because i was out from home a lot of time and while i'm training during the week i'm taking still my hammer because the hammer i can park it outside because they don't let me that's another time why i probably need to do something with my office job but that's another story so I cannot keep any bicycle inside and I don't want to keep a new bicycle or whatever the Explorer or the through the Strada outside they don't deserve it while the hammer is aluminium so it's a strong ride and it will come with me forever and ever and ever so I can do that so I didn't ride so much the Strada but on Saturday uh, sorry, on Friday, because it was party, that's why I love Eastern, because it's public holiday almost everywhere. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Four days of solid riding. On Friday, I went out with my friend Alex, and we went up to do some uh, climbing, so whatever, amazing day, amazing climbs. Finally, we can climb out to the pass out there. And then coming back home 
I bounce on the path all and the just the saddle just move the angle of the saddle and so I've said okay um, I think it's gonna be easy I just need to unscrew the torque that is there and uh, and then I can put again the saddle on the right angle and then I can close it and everything will work obviously it didn't work I tried to make it happen for something like half an hour and then I completely rounded the torque of that so now my 3t strada i cannot ride it because the saddle is completely loose and i screwed completely the torque there the torque screw and uh, what now i need to wait that the shop is gonna be open this week and hopefully that they have 10 minutes to dedicate to my bike so i can change it and i can ride the bicycle again people if you will ever see myself doing some mechanic work on a bike stop me or just call me out put your hands on it fix it and i will you will have a beer from me all the times i'm pretty stupid i'm pretty pretty stupid let's wrap it up it's time to close it thanks everybody for listening to that hello at calamaro.cc is my email um what else calamaro.cc on instagram calamaro.cc on facebook and then there is Read Calamaro on the Twitter. And don't forget to share this episode that you will find in all the platform for podcasting out there. And I'm talking about obviously Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Now I will let you down till next week. Bye, everybody.